This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you will live like Jesus and share His love. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to the dozenth. The dozenth. The dozenth. <laughs> Next week, we'll so say Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozenth. Yeah. It may, sounds more fancy. It more does. fancy. Fancier. Fancier. Sounds, hey, Ryan was making up words yesterday in his message. Well, uh, he he does that on purpose. Why can't he? we do it? I don't know. He told me before that he's done spelling things on slides as a way to really get people's attention because it's hard to, as like, maybe I just let one of his tricks out. But anyway, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, I think that was clever. I was like, that's a pretty clever, clever thing there. But uh, yeah. There you go. So yeah, so if yeah. He, he made up words. We're making up words. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. Doesn't it? And yeah. more fancy rather yeah. than fancier. That's not making up a word. It's just improper. Yes. Yes. You said the language. Well, hey, I'm Josh. I'm Josh, JB, episode number 12. Here we are. Yeah. So we're uh, we're yeah. in our Advent series. But first, we're going to talk about coffee that we don't actually have in our cups anymore. I have a little so, bit of you got, well, I mean, I got, like, I got maybe like a, a swallow, half a swallow left here. This was... A Colombian, fairly fresh roast, roasted from our friends right across the street, Five Lakes, the good people of Five Lakes uh, Coffee, Paul and Jared Smith. Paul came over, had a cup of coffee with me here, uh, I don't know, two week, week or so ago, and brought me a bag that literally had just come off the roaster. Nice. Like you couldn't even drink it right away. You got to wait like two days after it comes off a roaster. You got to let it breathe. Huh. So when it first comes off the roaster, it's not ready for drinking. Like what, like if you like educate me here, Yes. like if you were to drink that, like fresh, like it comes out of the roaster, you grind it up. It will like, taste terrible. Okay. Yeah, oh, so it's a, there's it's so a much thing. gas, uh, actually trapped in the bean through the roasting process. You need a couple days after roasting to let mm. it breathe. Some people say 24 hours, some say 48, some say 72, but yeah, you don't want to drink coffee like straight off of the roaster, but then you, you have about a two week window where coffee is in its prime. And after 14 days or so, it begins to degrade in its, in its taste profile. But now you, yeah. you get around that, right? Cause I do. Cause you, you do like the vacuum vacuum. I have seal. a vacuum canister that's made by fellow that it pumps all the oxygen out. So once I open a bag, I'll pour the beans actually in there. And then I also like to vacuum seal and freeze bags of coffee when I'm at a roaster so that I save on shipping. Cause I'm kind of a cheapo but it's not cheapo. You're yeah. just, you're a good steward. I'd like that's, to, I'll, I'll we'll call it that's that. What it is. My wife would say, I'm just a, a coffee uh, dork. Well, like you said last week, the one person was saying that you guys talking about coffee crap for, for the first 10 minutes. I don't want to, I'm, I'm turning it. I'm sorry, man, whoever you are. <laughs> it's all right. But some of you love it. So, yeah. so that's yeah. good. Which by the way, Josh, if you're listening, you weren't one of those people, but this was black coffee. We just drank black coffee. So I do drink black coffee. Who is that, was a, that was a conversation that I had okay. actually this morning. I had, a, I had okay. a conversation before I came in. And, you know, because I, I spent several episodes raving about the apple pie tea latte at Five yes. Lakes, which they don't have anymore. Super bummer of a story. Did I tell you the story? No. So this was- You a, really enjoyed that. I, dude, I love that drink. <laughs> I go the last day because they only served it through the end of November. Uh, I go the last night with my daughter, uh -oh. patience, right? Because she hadn't had one. Uh oh. And I was like- we're going to go. It's the last day they're serving this. We're going to go. I'm going to get you an apple tea latte before you go to youth group. It's going to be, it's going to be magical, magical. <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, I need two, I need two apple pie tea lattes. They're like, 
Sorry. They were out of one of the ingredients. <laughs> Oh, my last chance my last chance oh, and i couldn't man. i couldn't get it but that's all right next year i really hope they bring it back but i so so this conversation yes right, was actually based on this this individual they they listened to or watched the podcast and heard me raving about it and were like wow like because they're like a they're a black coffee okay. kind of person okay sure sure so but i just josh i, I do drink black coffee and it was it was very good in fact yeah. I, I drank it all before the podcast because jb and yes. i were sitting here talking for the last hour shooting the breeze yeah, so off camera so it was it yeah. was good so it was good it was but good. uh yeah hey so it's not really christmas related no but so kind of our opener question here if you look at the last week last seven days what's something cool that has happened in your life something cool well i got to run a 5k uh, at Grace Church, our good friends just across the way. Oh, did you do the what the, the reindeer, reindeer run? run? Yeah, Luke. I got to got to. I'd never been in Grace Church, and what a huh. beautiful church! Got to meet. And I know Luke, but Luke took me around a little bit. Pastor Luke and his wife, and it was his daughter, one of his daughters' ideas to do this to support oh, okay. poor people in. And some of the money was used to pay someone's rent. Like it was a really cool, awesome. Yeah, so I I got to run this five k uh, with Bruce, uh, my future in-laws so this would be Haley's dad oh, Bruce, yeah, yeah 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 Bruce and Jane and uh my son Micah and Bruce got a personal record he got a PR for himself on this race so it was really good nice it, it was fun yep. Very cool. how about you last last week so mine sounds lame compared to yours I was super oh, I excited know. I got <laughs> so my all-time favorite band in the world right is Starflyer 59 yes so Last week, I think it was Thursday, Friday, there were a bunch of bands, I don't know, 20, 20 some bands, I think it was. They put together a cover record of Starflyer 59 songs Ooh. and they released it on, I think it was Jason Martin. Well, I, I know Jason Martin. He's the vocalist guitarist for Starflyer 59. Okay. Most of you, you've checked out now. You're like, talk about coffee more. There's Josh, a ton of different bands. <laughs> So I love I love Starfly Fifty Nine. So Jason Martin, he's their he's their front man, and they released this compilation on his fiftieth birthday. Oh wow! So it's just it's really cool. So Starflyer is a when they came on the scene in '93, they were a shoegazer okay. band. Most yep. people have no idea what that is, yep. but that's all right. Yep. So and they've just they've been in it for the long haul. They're still putting out records. Like he just put out a that's record crazy. like last year. It's quality quality. Like a solo record. Or was this the band? So, I mean, it, they're a band. Right. But And they put out records. But this compilation is a bunch of different artists covered Starflyer oh. songs. Okay, quick question. Yeah. Were any of them better than the original? So, I haven't listened to every single one yet. Because okay. I just, okay. I mean, this was Friday. I'm like, oh, yeah. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. Okay. okay. So, so this is what I'm going to be spinning. There you go. Not spin. It's Yeah. I'm sure some part of my computer yeah. is spinning when I played <laughs> iTunes. Yeah. But- that's what I'm going to be listening to when I get back to the office today. Yeah. So I listened to a couple. So Squad 5 which is a punk ska band out okay. of the 90s. Uh, the Huntingtons, which is one of my favorite punk bands. Huntingtons, okay. uh, They did covers. So really good. So I'm super excited about this record because I love Starflyer 59, but I also love the Huntingtons and Squad 5 and some So it'll be a bands. bunch of different bands that you actually really like. Yes. And you and go. you get you just get you different go. interpretations yeah. because they're going to play it in their genre of choice. Yeah. So, you know, again, we're, we're Starflyer is more of that shoegazer, like yeah. super cool. If you've not ever heard of Starflyer 59, you should look them up. They're really Check cool. Check them out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Cool. So that's not nearly as cool as running a 5K to help people in need. 
Yeah. But it was fun. But we, that was one of we my had highlights. A, we had a good time. So, And Christmas is coming really, really soon. It is Sunday. When you uh, listen or watch this podcast, it will be the day before our first anticipation Christmas service. You'll you'll see this. You're seeing and hearing this on Wednesday. If you if they listen to it right away. Yes. If they've subscribed Ooh. and they get a notification right Look away so that. they know this is out, then you can listen to it the day before we do our first anticipation. Uh, that was perfect, Josh. Yeah. That was perfect yeah, work right it in there. there. Like, yep. whoop, like yep. butter. Like but butter. Thursday, 7 p.m., we've got a service anticipation service. And then uh, Friday, we're, we're off. Uh, everybody's probably hanging with family. Maybe we don't know what will happen. Saturday is 4, 6, and 8. And the 6 p.m. is the live stream, those watch on broadcast. Yeah. Uh, so we've got four Christmas services. You know what? I'm just going to say it's it. It's going to be good. Those, uh, would you pray for us? I Pray I for the good, staff. Yeah. Uh, we love Christmas and we love uh, ministering to God's people, but Christmas is a busy season for church folk, for church staff folk. It is It is uh, pretty, there's a lot. It's pretty so, intense. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you uh, are under that uh, mistaken impression that pastors only work one day a week <laughs> or all they do is play golf. Like, okay. Nope. I've, I've been here seven and a half years. I haven't played golf once. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But so. there we go. So, yeah. Hey, uh, yesterday in our advent series, all oh, look at that nine, nine minutes, nine minutes. I we think, didn't do too yeah, bad. But we covered, we covered a couple of different things. That wasn't yeah. just coffee. Yeah, it wasn't. We hit on good stuff. Um, in our advent series, we talked about love. So we actually wrapped up Mm -hmm. our advent series yesterday mm -hmm. as we talked about love um pastor ryan brought that message so we're going to just jump in a little bit and explore some of that mm -hmm. here today so yeah. that's that's one of those things you hear people say that a lot and quite frankly i think people take this out of context a lot mm -hmm. because you'll you'll hear people say in church and out of church well god is love right but what are some ways, just in your experience, right? What yeah. are some ways you've seen that kind of skewed? Yeah, I, I think that sometimes love is is redefined as acceptance, right? Like it's acceptance of anything and everything, mm -hmm. right? Um, but we, we know that that's not true because a, the actual love of God keeps us from things that can harm us. And I always tell this this story when I when I talk about this sort of thing. You and I, a mutual friend, a man we really respect, Mickey Schultz, uh, when he he had a child, uh, his youngest daughter, Emily, um, they were out in front of one of the churches that we attended. And in front of this particular church, it was seriously, seriously uh, like traffic, semi high, tra high traffic, oh, high traffic, high traffic, like ripping by. Um, and she had he had told her, you know, don't go out in the street you know, don't follow this ball. He's out there playing with her. She kicks the ball and it goes out into the road and she is sprinting as fast as she can to get to this road. And Mickey just is hightailing and in a moment scoops her up right before tragedy. Hmm. Um, and after that happened, Emily was disciplined. She was mm -hmm. uh, disciplined to know that when dad says, don't go in the road, I love you so much. I have to imprint in your mind and heart, perhaps your bottom, <laughs> if you're of that persuasion, that you cannot run after a ball in the road because it could cost you your very life. And so mm -hmm. I think one of the ways that God's love is perverted is that it's just 
wide open and acceptance of everything. Now, we know that God does accept us as we are because of his great love. But his love also says, hey, we we have to go some other places. What no, about you? That's good. That's good. I mean, because I, I, I do like that, right? And we've, we've used this language before, you know, at Radiant Life, right? God loves you. And we didn't come up with it. I'm sure we, no. we heard it somewhere and liked it. And so we're just mm-hmm. bringing it to you. But the idea that like, yeah, God loves you, you know, just how you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that mm. way kind of thing. But also, I guess in a weird a sense, sorry, way. maybe this is a, a, a little bit of a rabbit trail. Does God accept that? Does God accept us just the way we are? Because it because it isn't us. It isn't us that that, yeah. that God accepts. Right. It's Jesus. It is Jesus. Yeah. He accepts Jesus on our behalf. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, that just throws. Well, a I think I think you've hit on something there because what what you have in in one hand, if you're thinking of the love of God, the other hand, the synonym to that is the gospel message itself, like the truth of who Jesus is. And so, if we were to redefine God's love, we're redefining the gospel. Mm. We're redefining what it means to actually gain entrance into heaven, to have a restored relationship with God the Father. Uh, so, knowing what God's love is and is not is really paramount like we we gotta know that we gotta know that um yeah yeah well and you know and and pastor i made this this comment yesterday Mm -hmm. this comment is the right word the statement Mm -hmm. uh just essentially that that god's love that's baked into his very character that's who he is Mm -hmm. i think one of the problems with this this uh skewed focus on god is love Mm -hmm. is that we we highlight one characteristic of who god is mm-hmm. right but we ignore a lot of other ones right kind of a a, yeah. a a foundational statement on the character of god mm-hmm. let me see this in exodus 34 mm. uh, let me grab that here i'm reading out of the new living translation mm-hmm. oh there we go so this is like moses has the opportunity to actually have the very presence and being of the lord pass before his eyes mm. and so this is this is what happened so I'll, I'll start reading in verse verse five so this is exodus 34 then the lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him and he called out his own name yahweh the lord passed in front of moses calling out yahweh the lord the god of compassion and mercy mm. i am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. And most people stop there. Right. But it continues. But I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Hmm. We stop when we see unfailing love, compassion. We like those things. Mm -hmm. We like that aspect of who god is but he says i do not excuse the guilty right love is in the very character of who god is but so is holiness Mm -hmm. so is justice right he doesn't stop being those things to love he doesn't stop loving to be just he doesn't stop being just to love he doesn't stop being holy it's he's all of those things always you're hitting on some things there josh so um, uh because i'm leaning forward to grab my phone because i need to google some things but uh 
That is a, that's a tough thing because I think that's one of the quick questions people ask. If a God of love, if he, I should rephrase it. If he is a God of love, why do these certain things happen? That those are hard questions. And that's where, that's where too, right? Like we don't, we don't like the idea of, of judgment um, in a, in a, in a big picture sense. We don't like judgment. Now, if somebody does me wrong, I have, you know, and maybe this is your case. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess on some level. This is the case with everybody who's watching and listening. Mm-hmm. If somebody does something to you, mm-hmm. somebody steals your car, somebody breaks into your home, somebody burns your house to the ground, mm-hmm. you're hoping on some level that there is judgment. Right. They catch the guy. Right. And are you are you satisfied if to say, oh, you know what? <clears throat> it's cool. Sure, he burned your house down. He stole your car. <laughs> you know, he beat up your kids. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. No. No. Like there's like justice demands yes. that something some some sort of judgment be levied against this person. Right. And and you know, we we desire that when we are affected. But then we get mm-hmm. we get our our undies in a bunch, <laughs> you know. When we look at God, say, "Oh, I right. can't believe oh, God." You look at the right. conquest. You look at the conquest. Joshua, yeah, Joshua leads Cam. the people of Israel yes. into Canaan. Yep, and they they wipe people out. Like they go to cities and like everyone's dead. Mm-hmm. But like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that a loving God would do that. But we we fail to take into consideration that that. Well, first of all, these these were not nice people. Right? No. Canaanites, these were not like your friendly neighbor, Betty, who, you know, will bake you a pie no. every Thanksgiving. Right? These were not nice people. But also, you see earlier in Genesis, it's Genesis 15, Genesis 16, right? When God is, is making a promise to Abraham about the land that he will inherit, that his descendants will inherit, the land right. of Canaan, he says, but you're not going to get it yet because... The sins of these people hasn't yet reached a level that demands judgment. Is that's that's kind yeah. of my paraphrase. Yeah. So you see, you see God exhibit patience. That's where you know it talks about this idea of God is long suffering, right? Mm-hmm. Like patient, compassionate for centuries. Yeah. For centuries, generations, He doesn't yeah. mete out judgment for yep. the wicked things that these people did. Yep. And then when finally, <clears throat> when Israel goes in. Right, he doesn't say, "Oh man, like I really want this cool spot for my, for my chosen people." No, because yeah. Moses tells them this is in uh, Deuteronomy nine. He says, "Man, it's not because you're good; it's not because you're righteous." Yep. He says, "The reason you are going in to take over this land is as a judgment against the wickedness of the people that are living there." Mm-hmm. And again, for my name's sake, right? So I mean. Again, but then everyone gets upset about this idea of judgment. But mm-hmm. but we we don't take into consideration the the incredible patience mm-hmm. that God demonstrated with those people. Even you could you could make a case. Even you look at Jericho, right? The first city that they mm-hmm. take over as they go in. Like God has them do this you know, really odd thing, and they have to yeah. walk around the city once a day for six days, and then on the seventh yep. day they have, like. Is this an opportunity? Because sure. we see we see right. Joshua sends the spies into the land. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and, and if you guys are like, where are you guys going with this? I don't, I don't know. We're kind of yep. this up as we go. We hit the red button knowing this. this. That's right. So you've got, you've got them doing this really odd, you know, exercise every day. We see in in Joshua chapter one or two, right, the spies go in, 
think it's Joshua 2, the spies go in. You have this woman, Rahab, mm-hmm. and she she shelters these two spies. And she says, we know, we know that the Lord has given you this land. Mm-hmm. We've heard about the things he did 40 years ago. We heard yeah. about how he dried up the Red Sea. Yep. We heard about how he freed you from Egypt. How he handled like, the enemies of God. We've heard this. And 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 Rahab makes makes a petition to them mm. that she could be saved. Yes, and she she is yeah. is merciful to them. She doesn't hand them over to the king of Jericho, right? Like, right. so you have all these things. So, is it within the realm of possibility that anyone else in Jericho could have, in a sense, repented, sure, and been saved? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But. Yeah, and then we're getting into those those sovereignty <laughs> questions. You know, we're getting into those those you know asking. You know, what does it what does it mean for God to have vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor? You know, He talks about uh, in hmm, Thessalonians somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, the love of God it it has to it has to be balanced in that sense because otherwise it, it actually isn't defined how, how do i say this if the love of god isn't balanced with holiness and righteousness and, and justice it isn't love it's something else yeah it's something else it's like more like us right and 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 so we we twist things because we think of oh well if you love me you would again you'd let me do what i want you would mm-hmm. accept whatever i do you'd accept whatever i say it's like mm-hmm. no baked into the very nature of love is is limitation Mm-hmm. In the sense that, right, like, well said. I I love my wife, mm-hmm. right, and I'm making this up as I go. I mean, not mm-hmm. that I love my wife. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> but, <laughs> the metaphor, but, but I love my wife because I love my wife. Mm-hmm. There are things that I will and will not do. That's right. There are there are limits, right? Because I love my wife, I'm not going and doing things with. You're not looking any for another woman. That's right. Because yeah. I love my wife. Yeah. There is an exclusivity. There is a limitation. Fidelity. And and that is because mm-hmm. I love her. Mm-hmm. To say, oh, well, love me, you should just be able to, you know, hey, do whatever you want. Like that. Right. How, how is that loving? But then we, we, we get upset when God doesn't operate that way. Mm-hmm. We get upset when the word of God gives us boundaries, when mm-hmm. the word of God gives us limitations. We say, oh man, God, he's just, he's trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, ruin my fun or, oh, I can't believe God, a loving God would do this. When we are, we are imposing our ideas about love onto God, which is crazy and ironic since the only reason we can know what love is, scripture tells us, we only know what love is because he first loved us. Amen. Right. Yeah. If, if he had not made the first move, we would have no idea yeah what love is It'd be lost how to love people mm-hmm. yeah i i thought ryan's perspective yesterday was good in that I, I, he was coming uh, at it from even another perspective you know he was saying I, I and correct me if i'm wrong but the love of god is so great it's so immense it's so immeasurable mm-hmm. uh, wide deep we know the scriptures um 
that God is calling and and drawing us into something more mm. that God, you know, he started the message by saying, you know, the satisfaction and, and the, the, the fulfillment that you're looking for is not found at the bottom of that bottle. It's not found in that drug. It's not found in the idol of success. And I think, I think one of the things that challenged me the most when he was talking was he asked some questions saying, you know, are, are you bowing down and worshiping idols rather than allowing the love of God to transform you? And I thought, oh man, because he said success, he said money, he said, there's some other, few other things. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and sex. he, you know, and he, and he kind of, you know, highlighted that idea, right? We live in a culture where like we, we probably have this preconceived idea about what idolatry is and we mm-hmm. think we're safe because I don't have any little golden statues right. at home. I don't, right. I don't have any carvings that I'm, I'm burning incense to, right? There right. are, there are cultures in the, in the world today where they do that. Yep. Yep. We're, you know, predominant U.S. culture isn't like no. that. No. So we think, oh, no, we don't, psh, we don't do idols, but an idol is anything that you elevate above God. That's right. Right. So mm-hmm. if that's your, and you know, I think the one that he hit on yesterday that maybe touched the nerve with some people is kids. Right? Oh, you've got, man. you've got, you've got people that wow. like they make an idol out of their children. Yes. The, the children are the focal point of their home. And hey, parents, mm-hmm. take care of your kids. Yes. Like I'm not saying that. I mean, I've got, yeah. I've got a couple of them, you know, at home that I got. He's got more than a couple. That I got to, that I got to wrangle. So it's, it's not saying don't take care of your kids, but no. right, you see, you see this unhealthy focus sometimes in mm-hmm. families where mm-hmm. everything revolves around the kid. Right. And that's not healthy. Some of the best advice Lisa and I got early on in our marriage, uh, we just celebrated 22 years. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And today, hey, today's her birthday. Today isn't is it? my wife's birthday. Yes. Her, her 43rd birthday. Yep. But some Are you going to get in trouble for saying that on? No, no. Okay. No. She, <laughs> my wife is really, she's, she's sometimes, a good sport. Sometimes you've got, you've yeah. got people that are a little bit, okay. No, she's pretty cool about that stuff. But Happy the, birthday, Lisa. Yeah. Uh, some of the best advice that, that we got early on in our marriage uh, was that w- we were a family before Ian came, mm. before Lily came, before Leah, before Micah. We were a family. We were a family unit, husband and wife. And when Ian came, not long after, uh, our family only grew and he was added to an existing family. Mm. That sort of shift in our perspective really did help us uh, early on to, ha- to, to maybe have a focus that was more um, not child-centered. Mm. Because, yeah, we see a lot of that. I mean, how many parents... Uh, eight days out of the week in the evening they've got they're driving one kid here they're they, you know they're just involved in every single solitary thing, running themselves ragged uh and for what right and what's the and what's the modeling that that sets for the kids mm-hmm. then right yeah i mean you yeah. you've got if if the parents don't set a, a model of margin mm. how in the world you know rest go go 10 15 years down the road like yeah what what type of pace are you setting your children up for and is mm-hmm. that sustainable mm. well said well so, said yeah but so love you were well man what were you saying because you said something man you said something really good and i wanted to piggyback on it but now i don't remember what it was 
What you were talking about the centrality of oh no of we're the talking home. about uh, idolatry idolatry yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean because that is a model you look back over over the the history of of the Israelites mm-hmm. and they had this kind of, they screwed up a lot <laughs> and yet God's yeah. love did endure and Ryan, did. and Ryan highlighted this he did yesterday mm-hmm. right which I mean it's in the character of God to love and yeah. to be faithful and, mm-hmm. and all of these things right so so despite disobedience you see His love and His grace you know, poured out. And that still, that applies to us today, right? It's not mm-hmm. saying, oh man, I sinned this morning. I guess I screwed it up. God doesn't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. No, that, that that's not the case, right? I mean, there's there's grace, there's forgiveness, there's there's the love of God that endures despite mm-hmm. uh, the, the occasions were the many. But the love of God will not overcome our will. So, and this is an interesting thing, right? Because Paul lists in Romans 8, I think, he talks about all these things that cannot separate us from the love of God. Yes. Maybe this is just my opinion. So you can speak into this. But I said, the interesting thing is that the one thing that doesn't make the list is me. Mm. I don't know if that's Personal will. Right. Because mm-hmm. I can, I can yeah. choose yeah. to reject mm-hmm. the love of God. Yeah. And now- does that mean like I choose to reject God? He doesn't love me anymore. Mm-hmm. In an in an eternal sense, right? If I persist in rejection of it God, it can mean that. It can mean that. It certainly can because I've that. now removed myself mm-hmm. eternally from the presence of God. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've always I've always understood that sort of the sovereignty and choosing God. There's this giant hand, you know, the hand of God and. I stand in the hand of God, you know, along with the millions of other people who have accepted the love of Jesus. And there is nothing, no one, no anything created or not created that could come out of nowhere and swipe me out of the hand of God. It is utterly and completely impossible. But his hand is open. Mm. I could walk to the edge of that hand and leap off into oblivion. And choose to walk away from God. So the the free will choice of God. Now we're getting into some super. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are some, right? So yeah. I mean, within different church, and this isn't to yeah. like start like a <laughs> theological denominational debate. or theological battle, right? But there there are some that would say no, like it, like yeah. once you are saved, that is enduring, like mm-hmm. and, like once saved, always saved, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you can't, mm-hmm. and then I say, oh well, hey, well, you walked away. Well, then you were never really saved to yeah. begin with. All kinds of theories. I think personally, right? You you mm-hmm. look at scripture, both old Old Testament and New Testament. Mm-hmm. It seems that you can choose to walk away, right? You you see this with Israel, mm-hmm. right? Moses in Deuteronomy, as he's as he's giving his farewell speech before he dies to all of the Israelites, he tells them, "Hey, he Moses calls it. He's like, man, once I die." You guys are probably going to screw everything up. You're going to punk out. You're going to worship idols. Here's here's all the bad things that are going to happen because God had already declared the things that would happen right. if they persisted in disobedience. Yep. Right? He says that will happen. But if you if you turn, man, and it was it just jumped out to me. Here here was the connection. I had never seen this connection before. Hmm. Right. So the other day I'm reading, and and I'm I think this is towards the end of end of Deuteronomy in the in the last couple of chapters. And he tells them this, like, this, this is the fallout from your disobedience. He says, but when you come to your senses, mm. and I highlighted that in my Bible because I'm like, oh, mm. fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus is is using these these three stories about lost things, and he talks about the, the prodigal son. 
Mm. And he uses that same language. He says, the son came to his senses. I'm like, oh, hmm." I see it. I I don't know. That jumped out to me. Interesting. But but you've got all these different things throughout scripture that seem to indicate, that seem to indicate you can walk away of your own, Mm -hmm. you know, free will, Mm -hmm. but you can come back. Yeah. I I think it's a breath in your lungs sort of thing. This existence is the threshold of choice, right? Um, And we even see in Isaiah- it's gonna, it's gonna freak some of you out. <laughs> God gave a certificate of divorce to the nation of Israel. Which, I mean, that that imagery, that metaphor, that's woven all throughout the mm-hmm. Old Testament, right? You see, you see, you know, um, the prophets come and they talk about how the people have prostituted themselves, mm-hmm. how they have been unfaithful. Mm-hmm. This marriage imagery is woven all throughout, and then mm-hmm. that's also captured in the newer testament galatians right you see and and Mm -hmm. and um you know ephesians 5 Mm -hmm. right where paul is talking he said he says marriage is a picture of the relationship between jesus and the church that's right right so this is a consistent consistent metaphor that that god uses we're called the bride in scripture we are the bride yeah right the all god's people right Mm -hmm. again in the old testament you see israel Mm -hmm. they have that bride type relationship with god mm-hmm. and isaiah given this certificate of divorce and romans tells us that this is why the 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 doors were opened for the gentiles the goyim right the nations to then have this opportunity to have a relationship with god before that you you had to be joined to the nation of israel through a particularly an uncomfortable rite called circumcision <laughs> even if you're for the grown yeah. <laughs> you know uh but what we also know is at the end of the story the great love of god uh pierces through that deception and we know that there will be 12,000 from the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel 144,000 that will be sealed that will be people of faith there there will be a rejoining God's not done no God's not done with with the Israelites no the Jewish replacement theology is is not true you know I, I don't personally believe that some people believe that the church replaced the nation of Israel I don't believe that. I think we were grafted in among them. And that's the language. To be a part I mean, of I mean, I mean, you know, promises and covenants is what it says in yes. Ephesians 2. We we were grafted in, not to Israel, but into the covenants and promises and all these covenants and promises. Those who were far off were brought near, Ephesians 2, to Jesus, the Messiah of Israel, the King of Israel. We were brought near to him. Uh, and and that that is the love of God that overcomes. Now, that's not to say that those people aren't choosing it because there's a there's a lot of people that won't choose it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 have a say in the matter. The very so. last the very last chapter of the book in Revelation it says uh, that there will be uh, 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 those separated and they'll have their place in the lake of fire and there are certain things that are qualified and I'm not even sure where that's at. Well, there's the twelve thousand I just mentioned, but uh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. The second death. Uh, death and Hades were thrown into the fire. No, that's not it. Maybe not. It's liars is one of them. Mm. Those who, who choose to continue to lie. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That's chapter 20, verse 15. This is the end of the book, you know, the end of Revelation. So um, 
the the deception that's out there and this is actually gaining traction i love press and sprinkle has talked a little bit about this um universalism and universalism says that the love of god is so great that in the end the love of god overcomes every human's free will and every creature of god is right. saved everybody everybody. everybody everybody gets in everybody gets in uh, yeah everybody gets in regardless regardless <laughs> I, i'm not sure how you read what we have in scripture and walk away with no. that yeah. uh, idea now no. i'm sure there's a verse or two you could sure you could sure pull out in isolation and be yeah. like oh this look at this right here says this right okay but you could say just about anything by pulling one verse out and <laughs> right right and, and that's what you base your your doctrine on um yeah so we're not universalists Sure. No, no, but and we wouldn't say that we're specifically reformed or specifically Arminian either. Uh, we were talking about free will and the choices that people make and don't make. There's a lot of question. Uh, uh, you know, we don't know. I think I think most things like that. I I would say probably most doctrines. There's a to some extent. There's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, if you've yep. got like an extreme free yeah. will and a, an extreme sovereignty or predestination, right. like. The answer is probably somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to be dead middle, but somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think those are both, both of those things, free will and, and election. I think the perception of God's love hmm. kind of gives you that balance. How you perceive the way that God's love is applied to humans, creatures is where you'll land, mm. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, one uh, one last thing, uh, maybe. Well, I'm looking at our timer. Unless you are, what we're are you looking good. I, I'm betting it's the same thing that you were thinking. But I don't. Ahead. So I, I he made a comment. Pastor Ryan did yesterday. Mm -hmm. like, the love we so deeply desire can only be found in Jesus. Mm. Uh, and we've hit on this a little bit before in in this season, right? But it's the idea that that I, I don't know who came up with the term. But it's a, this idea that that everybody, every human being, has a God shaped hole. Mm -hmm. you know in their in their yep. heart right. right and the only thing that fills that right we try we try to fill that with all kinds of things and yes. that's where that idea of idolatry comes back in but right? mm -hmm. the things that we pursue to try to fill that hole um i'm actually i'm reading right now it's a it's kind of a memoir by matthew perry mm. i don't know if you're a i always I, people get mad at me about this i always like the show friends <laughs> Not a lot of great, a lot of material on there. Not entertaining. Not reflective of a of sure. a Christ shaped life. But the character of Chandler, I always he's hilarious. He's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm reading Matthew Perry's memoir, and and he talks about his struggles with addiction, mm -hmm. right? I mean, and, and he even he alludes to it in there. And as far as I know, he's not a believer, right? right? But he alludes to this fact as he's talking about you know just alcoholism and, and mm -hmm. substance use. Like it's like, man, there's some hole I'm trying to fill. Like, yep. Maybe maybe this next drink will will do that. Yep. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. Nope. Like all the drinks in the world, all the drugs in the world, yep. all the women in the world, all the money in the world. Like Solomon proved it. Right. And he writes about it in Ecclesiastes. Like mm -hmm. I had everything. All of mm -hmm. these things. It, it, eventually it at the very that. end of Ecclesiastes, what does Solomon say? Solomon said, Here's the end of it all. Obey God, keep his commandments, enjoy your family, enjoy food, and enjoy the work of your hands. 
real simple life, real basic life. Uh, and Solomon was the wisest person that has ever lived. That's what the Bible says. So if you want to know about wisdom, there you go. Proverbs for sure, but uh, read Ecclesiastes. No, that's good stuff. But yeah, yeah so it's just that idea, like that love, right? Maybe you're, maybe you're longing for something in your life. Mm-hmm. And you're not sure what it is. You're longing for something. And you've tried lots of different things to try to, to fill that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that can fully satisfy that is the love of God. What were you going to say? Cause well, I, I think, I, I think you, I did go a different. No, it, that's good too. But uh, we had talked oh. before the cameras hit. Okay, you know, oh, we are going to go there. I, I think we've got time. Okay. You know, Ryan, Ryan spent, I want to say a couple minutes. It was just a little window, but he talked about the difference between condemnation and conviction. I think he did a really good job. Uh, unpacking the differences between those two things. You know, I understood him to say, and you you can, uh, of course, I want you to speak into this, but condemnation is the way that we feel that causes us to distance ourselves away from God. So mm-hmm. we feel pushed away from God. That's what condemnation does. Conviction is the way that we feel when confronted with our sin that causes us to lean in and get closer to God. Now, I do think, though, even with conviction, uh, there are people that when they are convicted, mm-hmm. they still lean away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because because I mean, mm-hmm. that 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 conviction is is Holy Spirit mm-hmm. drawing attention mm-hmm. to something in me that doesn't align with the desires and designs of God, right? Psalm 51, mm-hmm. like, search me, Lord, test yeah. my heart. See if there'll be anything in me like that. Essentially, yeah. this is me paraphrasing that that yep. doesn't line up with your way. Mm-hmm. That's that's the prayer of David, right? Yeah. And that's, that's where conviction comes in. And Holy Spirit will say, hey, this in you, this attitude, this thought, this action, this whatever, like this isn't, this isn't the design of God. Mm-hmm. And there are people, we have a choice in that moment. We do. We can, we can choose to, to lean in or we can say, mm, nope, hey, I don't want to go there. That's mm-hmm. a corner of my life. I, I don't want to surrender mm-hmm. to the Lordship of Jesus. Um, how yeah. do we know? How do we know when it's conviction versus condemnation? Yeah, how do we know? I mean, well, even, even conviction, I think, the, I think about like the new covenant like Ezekiel 36, that he's going to take this law that was written on stone and on, on these, these tablets, and he's going to write it on our hearts, right? Conviction is this, is this resonance of something internal that tells us this is displeasing to God. And how would I know that? Because I've been reading this book, right? I've been internalizing mm-hmm. what's inside of this. Whereas condemnation maybe feel the same way, but what does it make me do? What is my response? But it's also external, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. I don't, I don't condemn myself. I mean, maybe some people wrestle with that, but I mean, right. condemnation, like you are condemned, right? There's an, there's an external force mm-hmm. there. And this is where it gets a little bit messy. And this is what we were it talking does. about yeah. you know, before camera started rolling. Yes. Right. For people who persist, and this is a, a question I haven't, I haven't fully decided where I want to <laughs> stake a claim on this. Right, but so, so the question is, if you have a person who knowingly and willingly persists in sin, 
right? They've mm-hmm. they've experienced conviction. Holy Spirit has said, "Hey, this this yeah. isn't right." But they repeatedly ignore the promptings of Holy Spirit. They ignore mm-hmm. conviction. Mm-hmm. My question is then, based on what we read in Scripture, right? John talks about this in First John, um, and you you'll see it pop up in other places as well, right? Is there not then condemnation? Mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus, well, in John 3, 18, right? This is after the, for God so loved the world that, mm-hmm. you know, he gave one only a sin. Yeah. He didn't send a son of the world to condemn the world, but through him, the world might be saved. And we like that. We stop there. We think mm-hmm. this is great. But if you read verse 18, this is essentially, if you are not, if you haven't mm-hmm. believed in him, you are condemned. Yes. If you're not in Jesus, mm-hmm. condemnation, that's your status. Mm-hmm. And so so that's where my brain goes like, okay, well, hey, if we persist in sin, right? John mm-hmm. in 1 John 2 or 3 mm-hmm. talks about this idea that, man, if we continue in sin, right? If we And we've talked about this, right? Mm-hmm. If we practice if we continue to practice mm-hmm. the things of the flesh, we continue to practice things that are sinful. John asks kind of that rhetorical question of like, is the spirit of God even in you? Yeah. Implication being no. Right. Yeah. The pl- <laughs> the, the word is pleruo. The, the Greek the pra- word is yeah, pleruo to practice. To practice. Yeah. And I do think it has to, it's a, it's that heart position. It, it's, it's if it's is it a sin that you continue to fall into even choose how do you feel when that sin happens what do you feel do you feel like uh man i can't wait to practice this again like i you know like i practice basketball to get good at it mm. like that's the difference versus i'm grieved in my spirit i sense a conviction uh, again lord Thank you for your love. Thank you for your new mercies. This morning's new every morning. Um, I think it, it depends. The the enemies of God and those who hate God and those who do not have this spirit of God, who do not know Jesus, they practice sins and they don't care. Mm. So as you're listening and as you're watching, if there are sins in your life that you're struggling with, consider how you feel. What's your response to those struggles? God is not asking you to be perfect. The same scripture that Josh talked about, 1 John 2, 3, this might be in chapter 4. 1 John says, if you say you have no sin, the Spirit of God is not in you, Mm -hmm. which means there is always going to be weakness and sin in our lives until we're completely formed into the image well, yeah, of Christ. Because he, you know, he says yeah. in there, he says, if you say that you're without sin, you're lying. Like you're, you're a liar. Like you're wrong. Yeah. But then he also says, if you continue sin, again, that's where it's, it's, the, it's the idea of, 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 of the difference, making a practice of, yeah. or like, this is just, this is normal. I have, mm-hmm. I have normalized, knowingly normalized sinful behavior. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, that's a, yeah. a, a different. Thursday afternoons, I have a block on my schedule. It says practice worship set every Thursday because Thursday nights, the worship team rehearses. So Thursday afternoons, I sit right here at this desk. I get my iPad out and I go through the songs and may make some notes, just practice, go through those things. I do it every Thursday. It's on my calendar. I'm willing to do it every single Thursday, right? Uh, that I don't will in my mind. 
every every Friday afternoon, I'm going to have this conversation with Josh and I'm going to lie to him. I'm going to tell him something that is false, something that is not true. I'm, every Friday at 2 p.m., I'm going to talk to Josh and lie to him. <laughs> That's the difference between practicing, like willfully choosing to sin and, oh, I had this conversation with Josh where I exaggerated in the conversation, which is dishonesty, which is a lie. Did I think through it and like premeditatively do it? No. It's just part of who I am inside as a sinful creature of God versus that block where I'm like playing my guitar, trying to get, be a better worship leader, be a better musician, singer, et cetera. Uh, I think there's the difference is the heart, the motivation, and the biggest thing, the response. Mm. How do you respond to sin in your life? No, that's good. And yeah. so that, just that idea of condemnation, right? We know that that Satan, right? The Satan, the accuser, mm-hmm. right? Where that whole that it's kind of that legal term, condemnation. Yeah. Because right? you have you have you have the devil right? yes. who accuses, you know, he's the accuser of the brethren. Yep. And he and he lodges accusations right. against us as followers of Jesus. So when Romans 8 says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, it gets back to what we were talking about earlier, right? It's not, it's not that God accepts us because we just got so darn good that he's like, oh, I guess I'll let you in. Yeah. No, no. he accepts Jesus, mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. He accepts mm-hmm. that. And so as the devil lobs an accusation at mm-hmm. you or about you to God, mm-hmm. there's no condemnation because if you are covered by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. He's cast those sins. Right. Yeah. So that's where it says there's no condemnation if you're in Christ yeah. Jesus. The question, yeah, becomes at what point are you no longer in Jesus? <laughs> well, Paul talks in Galatians. He's like, uh, where grace abounds, should we sin? Since like, grace abounds? No. Certainly no. not, he says. <laughs> no. So it, it is like, what do you do with grace? Like, what do you do with love? What do you do with those things? How do you respond? Um that's that's really the ticket. And that abuse of grace, right? Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer would call it cheap grace. Mm-hmm. Right? Greasy grace. That's that's back to that core idea of the skewed idea of love. Mm-hmm. You know, we you'll probably find married a skewed definition of love and uh, a tight handhold on cheap grace. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. it's okay. God will forgive me. It's okay mm-hmm. if I do that. Hey, it's totally cool if I do this because God, mm-hmm. like that's an abuse of grace. Yeah. Say, so, hey, there's grace, so I can just I can keep doing this thing. Yeah. Yep. Paul says, uh, let's not do that. Nope. Nope. That's a, that's a willfulness that we don't want. Definitely. And we, I think we go through these seasons, Josh, I'm sure you can resonate with this. Say you're struggling and you're fighting with something in your walk with God. And you're asking those questions, Lord, oh man, I just, I keep fighting with this thing. Um, I know it's not pleasing to you Mm. and I keep fighting. Have I? Have I committed the unpardonable sin? Mm-hmm. Am I practice? You know, but I think the person who asks and the person who's concerned, you haven't. Right, because it's that you posture care. where you're leaning in to say, mm-hmm. like, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. what do you want to do with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm coming again to say, and it's the same. It's the same thing that Jesus brought to the disciples. A man comes to you and sins and and says he's sorry. How many times is he forgiven? Seven times seven a lot of times yeah (laughs) yeah but the person was coming to ask Mm. for forgiveness there was an action right all the promises of god all the covenants of god are uh, on hinges right the door swings both ways but it only opens on those hinges if you take the hinges off the promises and covenants of god you have nothing 
You have nothing. You have a God of your own making. It's a good word picture. You got to let those that door open with the cause and effect that God says. You don't believe in Jesus, you're going to be separated from 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 the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, hey, hopefully uh, you were able to stick with us as we meandered our way through love. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just, this is fun. This it is. is fun. It is. So hopefully you guys think it's fun. And, <laughs> and it's not just a couple yeah. of dudes uh, named Josh talking yeah. aimlessly for 50 minutes. You know, 50, the subscribers and the the playbacks that we've been seeing on YouTube and on the, the podcast, it's really great. It's been really encouraging. Uh, but keep it up, you know, as you watch and as you listen, if you would uh, subscribe and like the podcast, what else can they do? Josh to help radiant reflections kind of get to more people. So they can rate review or again, that all feeds the, uh, the algorithm monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. All, all those good things, share it on your social media. Sharing's huge. Put it out there, put it out there. Yeah. So, and yeah. I, and I've seen, and I've seen some of you do that, right? Yeah. Episode comes out. I see it on your feed. So thank, thank you for you. doing that. Mm-hmm. We appreciate, appreciate you passing that on yep. to people. Again, it's our heart and desire that this would be a blessing to you and it would be a blessing to those in your uh, circle of influence. So yeah. yeah. Thanks for passing that on. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, we should say to everyone, Merry Christmas yes. and uh, hope you have a blessed time with your families uh, this coming weekend. Hey, there's a big snowstorm that's supposed to be coming too. So Suppose, somebody said 20 inches, like 20 blizzard. Inches on, They're on talking Thursday. 50 mile an hour winds and that's stuff. That's gross. The media that I, I don't know. They're, they're prognosticators. Like, uh, do they know? I mean, do they really no, know? No. Also, we've got like the, no. we've got like the <laughs> people are, I'm not from here. People from here call it the meth bubble. <laughs> <laughs> the meth bubble that seems to protect us from a lot of the weather. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll get like an inch. We'll get an yeah. inch. Well, I mean, we got like a dusting. Yeah. But I was talking to people that were up in Grand Rapids Saturday. They had like 10 inches. Yeah, Benazak was in telling me. In the span like, of a few hours. That's what Benazak like said. like 10 inches. They, he said him and Rachel were coming home from Grand Rapids. It took three hours yeah. to get home from Grand Rapids. From Grand Rapids to Sturgis, which is an hour which and 40 is, minutes. Which is not a three-hour drive. No. So, no. So, no. So, yeah. so, yeah, we'll see. We'll uh, yeah. see if we get any crappy weather. Uh, but hopefully we see you this Thursday or this Saturday. For our anticipation Christmas at Radiant Life. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share His love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out the Radiant Life Dot church. That's the Radiant Life dot church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at the Radiant Life dot church. That's podcast at the Radiant Life dot church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.